I woke up this morning late, like I do on Wednesdays now, and I walked, I got a cup of coffee, and I walked right downstairs and took a piece off the 3D printer and started sanding it. And I started sanding it, I realized, before I even took a drink of the coffee. So that should give you a picture of how under the gun I am to get this thing finished. Oh, boy. <laughs> wow. Wow. I set the coffee down and started sanding and got the whole thing sanded, and I'm like, cool, it's ready for primer. Oh, yeah, I have coffee. And so I took a drink of coffee. Yeah, wow. so we, um, I've built parts. I've built enough parts to make maybe five of these things that we're making for the video game company. Are oh, you going to make five? No, no, no. We're making two. Um, we're making one for the video, and then they said, oh, we'll give you some more money if you make another one that you can send to so-and-so. So we're making two at the same time, but we'll print these parts and then realize that, oh, that didn't quite you know, fit together the way it was supposed to, or we didn't think about this. And, you know, it's it's like this iterative thing, but each one of these parts that we're printing is from 5 to 11 hours of print. So we have just gone through a huge amount of... I mean, it's not... Lo- it is lost time, but it's, you know, it was like, oh, we just didn't quite get it. Oh, we just didn't quite get it. So we're supposed to have the entire video done tomorrow, and I don't have one of the things done I'm, there's parts on the printer right now that. Oh boy! As soon as this is over, I have to like go take a thing out of primer and put another thing in primer, and then start airbrushing one thing. And so that when the primer's dry, I can airbrush the other thing. Uh, you're gonna say as soon as this is over, I have to go stare at the 3D printer. <laughs> well, no, no, no. <laughs> Make it go faster. <laughs> yeah. Nope. So. Wow. That's what I've been into. I've been hunched over uh, my work table. I've been sitting still over the work table more than I think I ever have in anything that I've ever done because it's just a very it's a very small thing you know like it's maybe 15 inches long 12 inches somewhere in there I don't remember and there's just a ton of detail to it there's there's all this airbrushing we've got all this rub and buff that has to go on top of that there's fabric there's vinyl there's intricate scroll work vinyl that has to go onto it there's electronics there's foam there's, a, there's just all this stuff, and it's in this little tiny package, and it's layer after layer after layer of, of Is it thing. a diorama? No, no, no. It's an object. It's a. Is it bigger than a bread box? Let's try and guess what it no, is. No, it's smaller than a bread box. Yeah, you <laughs> won't guess what it is. Because it Two syllables. never existed. Two syllables. <laughs> Sounds like... No. Set so, a give. Set a give? When you're all done with this, <laughs> will you look back on it and think, that was a pain, or it was really awesome that we made this? I think it's going to be really awesome that we made it. And I'm yeah. still excited about it. Yeah, it's like I'm not I'm not frustrated or over it or anything yet. But it's a I think all of us tend to work in like a in a very a moving you know, situation mm-hmm. where we're like from this tool to this tool and then we carry the thing over here and then we have to flip it over and you know, you're adding and you're whatever. And so I'm not used to I'm not used to working on something where I could theoretically sit in one spot and never move and do all of the work. It's like all right here in front of you on the desk. And so it's just different. That's like leather work. I'm going to do a leather work project this week. Sure. It's the same thing. You just sit on the corner of the table until your fingers bleed from stitching. It's great. It's awesome. <laughs> it sounds fun. No, it's fun. It's fun. Yeah. But it's, it's, very, it's very non-physical in that way. Mm-hmm. As opposed to right now, where Patrick and I, if anybody's watching Instagram, we're restoring this this bar boat for Blue Point Brewery, and it is just up and down and on the boat and off the boat. I realize how much I can't swing my leg up in the air getting on this boat off the ladder every single time. <laughs> I have what to about all sure that biking you're doing? Uh, it's, all just like, it's again, it's like just at the desk. I'm just like this. I'm not picking mm. my leg up every time I pick my leg up to swing it into the boat. I kick like seven screwdrivers and <laughs> saws off the edge of the boat. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta like move everything over. I'm like, okay, my leg's gonna swing in at this general area. I, gotta move I have an idea for you. Off. Yeah. Okay. So your your clothes modica- modifications that you've made over the years. Yeah. Now you need to take like a handle, like you would get on top of a piece of luggage, and you need to glue them to the tops of the knees of your oh, pants. Oh, that's such a good so idea. So when you want to step over something, you just grab your handle <laughs> on your knee and lift your leg over. That is such a good idea. Really you can make them out of brass and leather and make them look all yeah. cool and everybody. You know, you know. I picture the uh, well. That's why because I'm working on the bike so much. I li- I've been on the bike every single day. Obviously, when I was in California, I skipped those few days, but I got right back onto it. 
And to punish myself, I'm doing 45-minute rides, which is like mm. unbelievable. And I'm walking around, my legs are consistently like rubber. So I need those things. Remember when we were kids, you'd put your foot on top of those cups, and you'd hold the rope, and they would walk around <laughs> with the cups under your feet? Yeah. So I need those. I need to like tie strings to the top of my shoes so I can lift my legs up as I walk. Little boosters. Yeah. But, uh, so I'm working on that, and... Um, that is obviously very physical, but I'm also working on my other boat, and this week got away from me because we have the plumbers here. You see on Instagram, Mo, Mo is a plumber who lives up here. Mo's uh, Plumbing and Heating, or Turn Up the Comfort is the name of his company, and he's an Instagram plumber. He's very, very, very thorough, very, very good. He's always talking about theories and formulas and formulas, whatever you say. And so radiators? Radiators. So we're putting the radiators. Well, you know what's coming. We're putting the radiators in my house. <laughs> I get guff for saying radiators. So we're putting six radiators in the house. And funny thing, so my house has no heat on the ground floor except for my bedroom, which is an electric heat. And in the kitchen, because we have the Naga stove, it's like a mess. Stove heats all the time. The rest of the downstairs has no heat. So the other day, I have plants that literally got frost, got, what do you call that, frost shock? because of Inside the, cold, the house? Inside the house. That's how cold it was inside this uh, the pellets, I gave up on the pellet stove. Plus, I was traveling. I'm the only one that knows how to babysit the pellet stove. I can't expect my brother or my, my buddy Ryan, who lives here, to take care of the pellet stove because they just don't pay attention or care enough. And my brother, I said, how's the house all week long while I was in California? But I was like, well, the dining room's really cold. I'm like, I know because the pellet stove isn't on. You know, you know, there's, there's no heating in the ground. There's no radiators down here. They're all gone. <laughs> so just to give everybody a little quick refresher, in June... Um, the person I used to live with decided to take all the baseboard heating out because they, they thought it was ugly. So she cut all the baseboard heating out with no plan to put new heating back in. So now here it is. That was May. So now here it is. How many months later? Nine months later. I'm finally getting ready. It is put in just after the winter's severe winter is, is passing. So we made it through no heat on the ground floor. There's no pipes to freeze because the pipes that would mm. often freeze were the, were the pipes for the heat. But the, I'm getting to the point of the story where Mo revamped the plumbing downstairs He, in preparation for the new radiator. He didn't just put in the radiators. He went down and looked at the system and said, this is all wrong. So he cut it all out and they redid it all. So because of that, there are certain radiators in the ground floor in like these small rooms that never work. Not in the 18 years I've been here. I'm going on 19 years I've been in this house. There's certain ground, what do you call it? I just said it, baseboard heats in certain parts of the house that never, ever, ever, ever worked. I just assumed that they never would work. But because he put new pumps in, rearranged the system, now we have heat in all these little weird spots of the house. So where it is warm, it's too warm. And where it's cold, it's like being outside. And so that's all going to get rectified this today, today and tomorrow. So it's going to be really nice to walk into these rooms, which I just, it's like stepping onto the porch in my office, for instance. This all, like if it's what? How cold is it outside right now? It's thirty-seven degrees outside. It's like forty degrees in this room right now. Except tomorrow, it's going to be like sixty in February. <laughs> yeah, that's good. So I'll save on uh, like a little drip of oil heat. So it's exciting. It's an upgrade. That's it's something that we talked about doing for years. And when I was traveling in May last year, my former housemate decided to initiate the project without asking me. I came home and there was a pile of baseboard heating in the driveway. And uh, anyway, that's why we're finally catching up, finally catching up. So it's exciting to watch these guys do, like plumbing is, people joke about plumbers. They goof about them because it's kind of like plumbers crack and all this silly stuff. It is such a complicated job and it's such a, it's, it's such a sophisticated job to know how to do well. It's unbelievable. Mm. Like, these guys talk another language. It's like they're literally talking in some foreign language when they talk to each other. It's like, give me the... I can't even make up. Yeah. The this, the that, the... And they were down there. They they just went in with a sawzall and cut everything out. I'm like, you guys have a plan? They're like, yeah. And they didn't tell me what it was. <laughs> just cut out. There's a giant pile of parts in the backyard that were, were in my basement that I don't need. They're like, you could throw that away giant pile of parts and it's all the stuff and they put in so if there was like 10x amount of parts that they cut out they put back like 2x so they got out so much extra nonsense hmm. when the system was built 
25 years ago, 30 years ago. I don't know how, that, how long ago the system was built. It was predates me. So they streamlined it, and that's why suddenly the house has so much more heat in every section of the house. Everyone, like people who stay upstairs, are like, it's so hot upstairs, I have to sleep with the windows open. Because we, we also <laughs> don't have the thermostats hooked up yet. Mm. Thermostats will get hooked up today. Well, I mean, I wonder if because they do kind of speak a different language, they have a whole different set of things that they, like vernacular that they use for what they do. Mm-hmm. If you ask them, like, do you have a plan? And they said, yes, here's the plan. And then they started talking in, like, Swahili to you. That's oh, well, what it would feel like. like that's if, exactly you know. right. That's exa- You're 100% right. When I ask him, I don't even ask Mel what he's doing because he starts talking to me like I'm a, I'm a plumbing engineer. I'm like, dude, I, I have no idea what you're talking about. Yeah. I just go, just please save your breath. And everyone giggles. I just go, <laughs> <laughs> There's no point. I don't, yeah. And then he starts telling me, like, he'll point out a cool device that has some new miraculous attributes that have never been done before and he tries to explain the whole i go i don't i don't i don't don't, just okay it's cool it's cool just put it on the wall cool great that reminds me of my grandmother when you start talking about something that she didn't understand she just kind of threw her hands up and like okay okay walk away (laughs) (laughs) so Uh, that's it i'm on this my video of this week i have to start today i'm gonna i have a a molded leather concept that i want to work on so i'm gonna work on that today and tomorrow i think i'll have the video ready for the weekend that's something I'm working on. The boat is the both boats are taking up a little bit more physical time. So I'm doing this thing where I'm doing a couple of simple videos in between the bigger, more complicated ones, as usual. Mm-hmm. But that's yeah. what's happening. And then last week I was away, so I didn't have a chance to finish anything. So that's that. That's what I'm up to. Awesome, David. What about you? Well, the rebound game video is not out yet. It's pretty much done. It's it's done, but. We have a Valentine's Day video that we decided to work on and make last second. So the rebound game is probably going to be, be pushed a little bit further out. But uh, had a, we had a fun idea of having AI design a Valentine's Day gift for Kelly. And so <laughs> that's what I'm in the middle of right now. So it's another AI video. The, the last one did so well, and it was so fun and challenging. So we're doing it again. So I used chat. GPT or whatever that is called to give me suggestions for gifts. And then we took that suggestion, threw it into mid journey and then kind of refined the prompts and to get something that was workable. A lot of the woodworking, like if you tell mid journey to spit out a bookcase or whatever, it will, but there are some things that just aren't physically possible and so you got to work around these things and there's a lot of things that you can't see so this is a little heart-shaped box and the 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 bottom of the box is was pretty straightforward but the lid is where it's going to get all crazy and and stuff so we're uh it's fun we're working on that and it's a it's it's been a fun challenge that's cool be nice if you could license the uh, Nirvana song as the I know I know I I actually thought Nirvana is one of my all-time favorite bands of all time I actually thought about trying to do like a re uh, uh, a knockoff of it so you could tell that it is Uh, I don't know if I want (laughs) the Kmart version of yeah the Kmart version of Heart Shape Box Uh, Nirvana was my first concert really back in 1994 or, or no, it was 93. It was 93. It was October of 93, the day before Halloween in Detroit. Wow. Yeah. Was that, that, so that was Nevermind? Was it that was that in Europe. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. In Europe yeah, came out in September that. of 93. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's awesome. I know, I remember my first concert vividly. It was uh, Blue Oyster Cult and Black Sabbath, the Black and Blue. Whoa. Oh, wow. Tour, 1980. I was 13 years old. My brother John initiated the whole thing. Like 10 of us went to a concert with all the guys from my neighborhood. And it was, uh, it was the first tour with Ronnie James Dio on the Heaven and Hell album, which was incredible. And a few months before that, John Bonham had died. And so there were, and it was like the day before they, Led Zeppelin announced that they weren't going to carry on without him. And so at the concert, there were banners everywhere, people holding up bed sheets with spray paint on them, long live Led Zeppelin. It's funny, if I've, and, there, and there is a, I mentioned this somewhere before, but there's a Don Kirshner's rock concert from those three shows, three shows in a row in Nassau County, in Nassau Coliseum. And, uh, sorry, my phone's ringing. 
And those three shows are, were combined for Don Kirshner's rock concert. So you could see, you could see me all the way up in the nosebleeds, right by one of the spotlights. <laughs> you can't. I'm kidding. But no, that's I was I was at some I was in that environment. So occasionally, I catch it. It's on. It's on YouTube. You can find it. Heaven and Hell tour with black. It's called the Black and Blue Heaven and Hell. Black and Blue Oyster Cult. Black Sabbath Blue Oyster Cult. It was great. It's funny. I went to that Nirvana show in '93. And I had certain memories of it. Basically, um, people were throwing shoes on stage, and then Kurt walked off after getting hit with a shoe. And I remember him or Chris saying one thing into the mic. And years later, like maybe 15 years later, I I, I found a Nirvana live trading tape website and i was actually able to buy the recording of that show and it was, and it was funny how my memory was different than what actually happened they did stop the show during the encore because they people were throwing too many things on stage but um it's just i had this memory for like 15 years of this is how it happened and then i was completely wrong and this is how it actually happened Whoa. And now you can, now you don't need those trading tape websites anymore. Everything is just you can find everything on on YouTube. Yeah. You want to? So funny. My the year my brother graduated high school, my brother John, instead of going to his senior prom, me and John and my brother Joseph and two other people went to go see Twisted Sister at the backstage dinner theater. This was in 1982. We saw Twisted Sister on stage, and uh, the, this other band opened for them. They became famous years later because they didn't have a record deal at the time. Another like kind of mystical rock band, I forget who it was. But uh, my brother John found a videotape on YouTube of that night when we were there. Mm. And, and when he, 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 he often eats edibles and scans the audience to try and find us in the audience. <laughs> he says, I've scanned the video thousands of times trying to find us in the audience. But it is that night we were there, 1982, Blue, Blue Oyster Cult at the North Stage. No, sorry, Twisted Sister. But I just misspoke. It's Twisted Sister at the Backstage Dinner Theater in 1982. And it would have been the night of my brother John's prom. We went there instead. Oh wow! <laughs> yeah, so I was like fifteen or sixteen at the time. Wow! There is a uh, a White Stripes DVD. It's an official DVD and um, of a live show in in Detroit. And you can see me on the stage side of the no stage way. taking photos. Yeah, oh, that's yeah, awesome. I'm actually on the cover of the record. Cause no way! It shows a, a top town view of the stage. Somebody must have been up in the in the. It was at a Detroit. Uh, art museum where the show was and somebody must have been up in the balcony taking a photo and i am on the cover of the album that's cool the top Dude, of that, your head that is that is an awesome flex top, yeah the top of my head the top yeah. of my bald head <laughs> well that i don't have awesome. a cool story like that i don't think well actually i kind of do it's not really that cool i went to my first like big concert that i really remember like driving myself to and everything was smashing pumpkins uh, in Louisville when I was probably a junior in high school or something like that. And <clears throat> I went by myself and went to this concert. It was a big arena. It was in like Rupp Arena or something. And, or whatever. Did you sneak out? Is that what you went by yourself? No, no, no. I just went by myself. <laughs> like it was, you know, hey, I'm old enough to drive. I bought my own ticket to a concert. Mm. Nobody cool. else can afford to go with me, so I'm going to go to this concert. So... <clears throat> um. I go to this concert, and I'm, like, down on the floor, but it's a huge floor, right? So it's not, like, a little pit up front. It's just a huge mass of people. And I was kind of in the middle, not we're not close to the front, and so we're watching them play, and then all of a sudden I get picked up. And I was just like, oh, no. <laughs> and I get picked up, and I got pushed forward. And so I'm just on top of people and <laughs> getting groped and all this stuff, like, all the way. And, you know, I probably was up there for 10 or 15 seconds, not long, and then I got put down. And so the next night on the Channel 11 News, I remember they ran a story about the Smashing Pumpkins show. Oh, no wow. And there. there was a camera from the back looking at the stage. And I'm like, oh, cool. That's the concert. Oh, look. There I am. And it was me ah, just popping up, yeah. <laughs> rolling around, and then disappearing. Ah, that's so funny. <laughs> but I could tell, like, I was wearing the same white T-shirt and shorts and whatever, you know. But so that's my only story like that, which is that not as cool new, as being clip, on an album cover. But That clip exists. Someone's got to find it. I had it on. I recorded it. I think I, 
it happened at the six o'clock, and then I was like, oh, they're going to show it again at eleven, so I'm going to record it. So I recorded the, you know, the news at eleven to have it. I don't know where that is, but anyway. Awesome. So thanks for listening, everybody. We'll yeah. Yeah, talk about concerts again next time. Yeah. Uh, let's see. <laughs> for fun. me, I've been like just. Like I said earlier, I've been heads down working on this thing. Um, it's weird because we, we've been working for the past several weeks. We've been working on stuff for pretty big sponsors that are like supposed to be. We did the screen printing video for us last week, and then we're supposed to have this other one for a big Those sponsor posters this look week. great, by the way. Those posters oh, are thank beautiful. You. Yeah, they're really Thanks. cool. Um, and then we have this video game thing for the next week, but we're not hearing back from like with approvals from these companies. And so the video that's supposed to go out tomorrow is probably not, it's been done for two weeks and it's just like, we're not going to be able to put it out for another two weeks because mm. the next one is sponsored and has a specific date to it. And, you know, so it's like, it's kind of cool to have something done and now we can start working on another thing that will be a month or so from now. But it's also frustrating to have something done that you can't release, you know? Like, it's it's good, it's finished, and just waiting on somebody in an my, office somewhere to be like, oh, yeah, check. It's so annoying because I made these barbecues for this guy. I made two barbecues for a famous chef, and he won't let me release the video till he releases something first. And I've been waiting since May for him to do this. I text, mm. I, check oh. with him every co- I check with him every couple of weeks. I'm like, dude, he's like, not yet, I'm not ready. I'm like, come on, dude. Wow. Oh, I'll tell you in the after show what it is if I haven't already said it out loud. Hmm. Well, anyway, so, I understand yeah, the frustration. Yeah, it, it's just a little annoying. Um, but basically, I've been doing that same project, you know, different stages of it for, for quite a while. Um, trying to think of anything else is new. I don't think it really is. <sighs> uh, yeah, that's, that's kind of it. Uh, David, you had an idea last week. Yes. Uh, we wrote it lessons down. Lessons we should learn, but we don't learn. I want to take a break, and everybody should just give us a little hand, right? Because we wrote an idea down, and we're actually coming back we did, to it. We did yes. learn that lesson. Sorry. Proceed. Yes. I think it was something along the lines of lessons that we should learn, but we don't learn. Things we keep doing wrong that we know. Things we keep doing, doing wrong. wrong. I would, like a... Like we're in a, we're working on something, something happens. You're like, I'm not going to do that again. But then you do that again the next time. <laughs> you do it again. Interesting. I think hmm. the, uh, I, I haven't put any thought into it except for the, the subject. But I think one thing that I do quite a bit is when I get the shot perfectly clean, I tell myself when I'm done with this, I'm going to put it back right away it's going to go where it needs to go and then i get caught up in the situation and things don't go things just get pushed off onto the side of the bench off camera where you can't see it or on top of the table saw and i don't learn that lesson of putting things back even though i know it's going to make my life easier an hour down the road when i need to go use that bench or that tool that's definitely one of the when we talked about this that's kind of the first thing that came to my mind is that i am always reorganizing and saying this is better than it was before but i do that too often that i can't remember anything that i set in place uh yeah so all my plans are all mixed up all my like okay this is how it's going to be this is my new system and then i'll forget a day later and i'll be like wait which system am i in the old one or the new one because i don't stick to it and that is one of my biggest problems is i have this system where we take actually it's aaron started it all the tools go into the cabinet and all the batteries come off. So there's never a tool in the cabinet with a battery on it. Batteries all come off and they all go on this pile. And if they need to be charged, they get charged as they do. They are always cycling in and out. And I always do this. I go, let me put the tool away with the battery because I'm going to use it tomorrow. And then all of a sudden, four or five days go by and the pile of batteries is all diminished. I'm like, where did all my batteries go? And then I start pulling open the drawers. I'm like, oh, I was going to use that to do that part. Oh, I was going to. And then I start remembering. And I'm like, I'm never going to do this again. And then the week comes by. A week goes, two weeks, three weeks go by. I'm like, all right, I'm going to use this tomorrow as soon as I come back in the shop. So I leave the battery on it. And my batteries end up. And then someone's like, can I borrow a tool? I'm like, yeah, make sure you bring the battery back. And then they don't bring the battery back and I'm not enforcing it. And then they leave it up on the porch. Mm-hmm. They're like, I'm dropping it back off. It's on the porch. So then I have a pile of tools on my porch for weeks 
that need to simply just be carried down to the shop, but I don't do it. So my porch is like the giving. It's like the giving shelf. People always come and take stuff off my porch. <laughs> so I have a pile of like batteries. And I have like four or five battery-operated tools that are always on my back table. It's just it's these systems that I just have to adhere to that I never do, and I don't know that- why. Let me let me interrupt a little bit. That would be actually a pretty good idea for a project. You know how people do like the tiny libraries where it's a little yeah. house with books. Mm. You should have one of those on the street in front of your house that's tools. So yeah. people can come by and take a tool, use it, and then they bring it back and put it in the little library. Yeah. Yeah. I make them come up to the porch so I can get them on camera. Yeah. <laughs> that's not a bad idea. <laughs> Let's see. I while you guys were talking, I was thinking of a couple of things. One is that and I've talked about this before, like several times i still after all these years have the habit of i will find certain little things that have to be done and for some reason i think this is going to take longer than i have right now so i'm going to set it right here on my shoulder so i don't forget about it and it's going to poke me in the side of the head until i do it and then i just don't do it and it's just this little annoying thing that i know i'm responsible for and i, I never get around to doing it and then when i finally okay i'm going to do the thing it takes like two minutes yeah, Every yeah. <laughs> single time. It's fast. It's easy. I yeah. could have gotten rid of the weight. And I always go after that, man, you should really just stop what you're doing, do the task at hand, get it over with, and then you won't ever have to think about it again. Next time, do that. And then I I don't. I do the exact same thing. Mm-hmm. It's the, not about everything. It's weight things. Yeah. All those little things. Yeah. yeah. It's not everything. It's It's... A lot of things I'm very proactive on, but for some reason, if it's if it's just not, and it doesn't have the priority or something, or I, th- I think I don't have enough time, you know, it's it's like a small set of things, but it always happens in that same way. Yeah. Another thing that I do quite a bit is almost every tool is hooked up to dust collection or a shop vac or, or something, except for my little bandsaw, and. I just need to rearrange things so I can get a little shop vac over next to it. So I usually have to run a a hose across the room into it. And a lot of times I'm just like, oh, I'm going to make one little cut. It's not going to be a big deal. (laughs) The bandsaw is the worst. It makes the most And the bandsaw is the worst, especially if you cut into plywood. And all those tiny little fibers get in the air and you can smell it and breathe it in. And I'm like, next time I'm actually going to take the 30 seconds to go hook up dust collection. And I, I... Oh my god! It's just one little cut. I don't need to do that. Okay, before we get too far into these all these things, let's go back. The stuff we've mentioned so far, let's help each other fix those things for the next time. <laughs> is that possible? I mean, maybe. Like, okay. And the reason I thought of that is you said every time you do that thing, it's that one tool, it's that one situation. Yeah. So, like, what's a solve that after we get done recording, you could go put in place to make yourself to remind I yourself. Need- what I need, I, I, I think I have a shop vac that can go right there. I need to find a different place for the air compressor that is in that spot. That's what I need to do. And there, uh, and and there's places for me to put it. I just got to rearrange other things. So, uh, yeah, maybe before lunch today, I just go find a new home for the air compressor. Yeah. And that's how I fix that. I mean, maybe even in the meantime, maybe it's a matter of you making yourself a little sign to put on the on the switch of the bandsaw that says, like, Oh yeah, DC. You know, so that you know every time. Like yep. I'm, my past self is telling me just to go hook up the thing right mm-hmm. now for mm-hmm. one cut. You know, mm-hmm. that's a really good idea, though. Do you say that the past self is to leave notes for your future self? Yeah, even if it's in a toolbox or something. I've been meaning to put a note in the drawer that just says "put the batteries back." So every time I open it up, I don't go past that little bump in my mind, being like. Ah, I know it. I know. I'll remember this battery is on this drill. I have thirty Dewalt drills. I have thirty Dewalt impact drivers. I have... So, if another I look, idea, I Jimmy, for you. I'm I'm full of useless, semi funny <laughs> ideas today. But this one for you is: what if you made a thing where people had to leave something of theirs to get something of yours, so they have incentive to come back to the thing? Uh, that would mean I'd have to talk to them longer to negotiate with them. I'm like, okay. hey, this is drill. Just go. Well, I meant like, you know, like they have to take their, like there's a slot and they have to push their credit card or their ID or something into it to release the button. Just like a, you know, 
<laughs> so they have incentive to come back to that place and uh, do the opposite thing. It's like but. putting a coin in, in Europe. Yeah. You got to put a coin to get your, uh, your rolling get your cart. cart. Get your yep. cart. Yeah. I mean, yeah. maybe that. That'd be a fun mechanism. I'm such you, an avoider. I'd better go, so here, take the joke. You can have it. Keep it. I got a hundred of them. Yeah. Just keep it. <laughs> just don't come back and bother me. <laughs> There's no. got to be a way, though, to like incentivize somebody who borrows something from you, even somebody you know. You know. Here's another lesson I've learned. That it it's, it's, this is a, a minor battery thing. This is more of a complaint about batteries. Every single time I... I t- every time I go to hardware shows or I see tool people, I'm like, can somebody please make a, 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 a drill, a battery thing that is a one-handed, like, tactical exchange? Like, I want to be able to, in the middle of something, use one oh, hand yeah. to take the battery off and put the battery on. Not necessarily, at least, not, that's, that would be a fantasy, but the compromise is I don't want to wrestle the battery off of the charger and I don't want to wrestle it on and off of the tool. Why do they? Why does it take so much force to get a battery on and off the charger? I just don't understand mm. that. Uh, all and of them. Every day I put, and especially this, I have Milwaukee and I have Dewalt, and so I'm always struggling to get the battery on, struggling to get it off. And every day I say I'm going to screw the charger to the tabletop so I don't have to like do two handed pull off, tuggy tuggy pull. And every single day, I go to the charger. The same exact thing happens. It's like. Screw the charger to the desktop, and I don't do it. I know it's, people do it all the time. People make full videos about making charging stations and locking yeah. the charger to the thing. But I have like fifty. I have like fifteen Milwaukee chargers, and I have like twenty Dewalt chargers. And it would be so easy for me to do that. And my, but my battery charging system is so efficient that I only ever have one battery on the charger at any given time because everything is always constantly being cycled through. I'm good at that, but I'm not good at solving the problem of struggling through the battery situation struggling through pulling the battery off the charger with two hands and putting it back on the charger with two hands drives me bananas and i I have that conversation um, with myself every single day there's a there there's a channel on youtube it's a cooking channel and i can't remember it they were my pick months ago but uh there's this one guy who kind of rates kitchen gadgets and like cheap ones and then he's a product designer and how he would redesign these kitchen gadgets and it's really cool to see his process and one of the things that he does to see how uh, to test the ease use of a of a gadget is to use his left hand which is his non-dominant hand and also put oil on it so he greases up his hand no, and then uses a tool and it shows like how hard it is to, to use this tool when it's in this particular situation. Hmm. I, I, so it's funny the DeWalt Milwaukee does not do this, but the fit is so tight. They may as well have the clip. Milwaukee has the two pinch thing, right? You got to pinch both sides of the battery to make it remove. And DeWalt has the one thumb push down thing. And DeWalt has their batteries clip into the charger. Milwaukee doesn't, but it may as well because they're still difficult to pull off just because of like the snugness of them. And so I took one of the DeWalt chargers, and I showed this on Instagram at the time, and I took a grinder and I grind off the clip so the battery just goes on and off. I don't. There's not going to be an earthquake in my shop. Nothing's going to flip upside down. I'm not in a roll cage truck. There's no reason to have it clipped on. It just has to sit in place and charge. And then a couple of days later, Mike, Mike the fireman was cleaning up, and I noticed the cord was cut off it, and it was thrown in the garbage, the, ch- <laughs> the charger that I had ground off the clip. And so I said, what, what happened to this? He goes, oh, it was all melted. I go, did it go on fire? He goes, yeah, look at it. I go, I did that. He goes, what did you? I go, I ground the clip off. He goes, oh, I thought it was like short-circuited and melted. So I cut the cord off so we could use the cord for something else. And I'm like, no, that's my modification in the middle of anger, trying to struggle to get a battery off. <laughs> I just took a, I took a, 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 a cutoff wheel for cutting metal, and I just ground off the plastic, and it just made it mm. look like it was melted. And he thought that the thing had short-circuited and melted while it was plugged in. <laughs> so, so now every time you grind something in the shop, you have to initial it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so that everybody knows it's <laughs> I have to tell everybody. You know, so Mike took it out of the out of the garbage and put the cord back on, dissected it and mm-hmm. put the cord back on surgically. So now they still have it there. Mm-hmm. But I, And I showed that story at the time, and a lot of people were like, thank God somebody noticed they should do this. It's- the I'm trying to think of a better way for, the, like, the bad, like, um, 
like there's a construction crew still working on on our bathrooms and you know they have all these dewalt tools and so they have to bring all their chargers so they can't screw their chargers down to anything there's got to be a way to have like a a, a, a the, the two buttons on the battery that easily clip and release so because the battery is always heavier than the charger always yeah yeah so there should be this positive connection easy release thing you know what it should be it should be like we talked about it's funny this turned into a thing turned into yeah. a, a, a gripes. <laughs> gripes turned into an invention process do you know how this now this this is i said out loud i own this invention but dave me and you'll share on it <laughs> what about me i'm just kidding you, there. you can get some. <laughs> i'll give you a free one when they make them okay cool cool that's good you know how we talked about preloaded drawers? Was that us who talked about them? Like the, the drawers yeah, that yeah, close yeah. easy, but you have to preload them when you tug them open. So they're hard to tug open, but they're easy to close. So it's a compromise. It's like they close soft, but I got to pull the desk over to open them. Right. It's the same thing with the batteries. Like if you put the battery in, but you got to snug it down in the direction that is not inconvenient because to push it in is, is easy, but to pull it out where everything goes with you. If you imagine if you snugged it in on like a little spring-loaded ejection mm. button, so you snug it in, and then when you want yeah. to get it off, you push a button and it pops right out. So that's a yeah. real legit invention that nobody will ever make. Uh, you can make it. You can make an aftermarket charger for any brand. Ooh. Battery. All right, that's a three-way project. That's a collaboration. All right. We're going to be rich. That's it. <laughs> Wait, that's are it. we rich already? Is that how that works? <laughs> 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 no, could you imagine? Uh, like, that would be... I say it all the time. And I remember talking last year at the Hardware Show. I met a couple of guys and they're consultants. And we were going to do all these projects together. I never heard from them. I gave them 50 ideas. And one of them was the idea of being able to remove a, char- a battery off a charger one-handed. Mm-hmm. But that would be the way to do it, the way we just came up with, by just having it preloaded with a spring so you could push it and pop it off. So sticking with the theme of today's show, that is something that nobody here will ever do. But every time we take the battery mm-hmm. off, we say this is something we should do. Okay, mm-hmm. but let's interrupt that habit right now. What could mm-hmm. we do right now? What could we put in place to make sure that you follow through on that idea? It's not my idea, so I'm not going to follow through on it. I'm yeah. going to put the onus on you. What What could you do? Like, could you text Howard right now while you're doing that to say, right. here's an idea, make sure I follow up on this? Or is there an accountability say, somewhere? Howard would say, what's an electric drill? <laughs> just say remind me to tell you later you know no, but like reach outside Howard, of this Howard this listens, moment so i said that to make him laugh um, you know reaching out of this moment and this speaking of i was supposed to call him like in december and i never did oh yeah so, he mentioned yeah, he, he's been yeah. busy i'm um, sorry howard um i'm gonna talk to my brother about that i'll see if that's something that could be because my brother talks with tool companies on occasion because he's an invention development guy so i'll mention that to him but i do think honestly like you making or somebody making a third-party charger for uh, you know one of the known brands or even yeah. all of the known brands is absolutely reasonable. I'm sure it already happens. I don't know. I've never looked for them. But the 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 future of of those batteries, if it's at all possible, is just like this. It's like the ring on the back of the, the iPhone. You know this 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 new circle ring that's always here. Oh, whatever the yeah, magnetron. Inductive charging stuff. Yeah. If you could just take your batteries and just place them on a pad and they charge. I don't mind them clipping on and off the gun, but if that ring charger was at the bottom of these batteries, so you could just place them on a mat, and mm-hmm. they're charging, and then in a quick note, you could just pick them up. You have two hands all the time on the tool, but to have two hands on the charger is the biggest inconvenience. To have one hand on the charger, so you just pick the battery up off of the pad that it's sitting on, just like the way your iPhones now charge. Struggle on the tool, because you got two hands fully on it, and then g- gently put the battery back down on the, the magna pad, whatever it's called. That would be that would be a great solution, hmm. but that technology is out there. Someone just has to apply it. Yeah. So there you go. All right. So let's. What's, what's another thing? Anybody else have another thing that they always do? Lesson that they. You know what I have not done. Believe it or not, this is crazy. And if Aaron was here, Aaron would scold me because he had this down, but I never did. I never know where there's a broom and a dustpan in my shop. Because every single time I do it, I pile them all in one corner. I'm like, this is going to be the new spot for them. And then the next day, I'm like, I can't remember where they are. And so I either go to a different shop and get one, or I buy one. And I come back, and I use it. And then I go to put it away, and I put it right where the other eight are. I'm like, mm. <laughs> I need it in my hand to remember where it is. Yeah. It, it, the other day I did it. I was down at one end of the shop, and I'm sweeping. I'm like, where did all the dustpans and the brooms go? 
I know they were all here. And I looked all over. I couldn't find them. And then an hour later, I'm sweeping up, and I put the one that I did have in my hand, and I went and I walked, and I put it right where there's the other five of them. I'm like, why didn't they think to come here before? It's like something my brain will not, will not duplicate. I cannot okay, so ever remember than, where they go. Rather than having one place for them, what if you had a common place for them? Like in, in all four corners of the shop or – you know what I mean? Yeah. And you'd have to redistribute them because they're all going to navigate to one corner eventually. But if you know that I can always go to a corner, whichever one is closest to me, and there's a, a broom and a dustpan. Yeah. And then I, when I you go to one the, and you're like, oh, there's not one here, that means they're in the other corner. So I can I know that I can go there. That's what I vaguely recently decided to think, let me put them near the light switch. But that was no, just a yeah, the thought. It was just a thought, and I never did it. So now that we're talking about it again, the thought came back to me, so... Oh boy! Mm. Oh, boy. Or like, you know, I coming up with an idea of where, like, a proximity that makes sense to that. Maybe it's attached to the trash can because you're always going to sweep something up and then you have to dump it in the trash. I, can. I used to do that all the time, you but I, I don't know why I don't do. That. I used to just throw the broom right into the trash can, so like the oh, handle would go handle down. Maybe you threw the, them all away. I might have. Maybe that's why you can't find them. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. Um, let's see. So I have. Uh, one thing I wrote down is that I never come back to the list of reviewed items. So we will often look back on something about a project or about a whatever, and we're like, okay, let's talk about what what went right or what went wrong, and like I make a list. I'm like, these are things that we're gonna like when we go on our retreats for our team. We write like Megan t- took awesome notes this last time. So many notes. And those do nothing if no one looks we don't them. ever look at them again, right? Yeah. So, like, and I do this constantly with myself. I have all these pieces of paper on my desk with all these little things in them, and I don't know what any of them say because I don't take the second to look at them to see. I wrote that down for a reason, and I should really revisit it to remember. I go through the same exact thing. I force myself to flip through my notebook after I put all these notes in it for several months. Mm. I, I literally do you do that on a regular basis? Like, is it kind no, of a scheduled thing? Like, I'll do it when I'm, like, on an airplane. I'll be like, you know what? Now is the time for me to force myself to flip through and read my notes. Because I'll write things down impulsively, and, and, I, and I always have to remind myself. There was a reason I wrote this down. There's a reason I wanted to remember it. But there's some weird blockage that makes me not want to look at them. I have, uh, and this sort of works, my trick for that is uh, when I write things down and I never look at it, I have this app on my phone and it puts a random note on my homepage. So when I open up my note, it just shows a random note. Oh, that is and, very cool. Um, and so every day, uh, a couple times a day, it'll just be something different. And it's just something I want to remind myself of. Uh, and so maybe that is a fix. But uh, you know, interesting shop yeah. to do's and things like that. That I don't know that that's going to work for that, but things that I want to remember, I'll hear a quote, uh, or just a bit of good advice. I'm like, I need to remember that, and I always write these things down. I never forget them. What if it just randomly sh- my phone randomly shows me this throughout the day? Yeah, well, I mean, I guess now that I think about it, a lot of the things we've we've talked about, the solution is put it in your own way, yeah, like. That note on your dust for the dust collection. Put it on the switch. Put the broom <laughs> on the trash can. Put yeah, it, you know, put it by here. the light switch. Whatever. Yeah, like get the thing in your way so you can't avoid it just because you're busy. Well, that's funny. When I, whenever I'm traveling somewhere, or if I have to go to a friend's house, and they'll be like, "Oh, could you bring me one of these? Bring me one of those." I will immediately remember to put it in my car. Like if I remember yeah. it as I go. I, like or when I'm asked, I'll put it in my car. Or a lot of times, I'll just put it in front of the door. So as I'm walking out the door, I have to trip over it to grab it. I have to trip over it. I can't avoid it. So I do that a lot too. That's like one thing that I, I've gotten good at doing. Yeah, I do that when something has to go to the office. Yeah, I will put it in the middle of the floor because I hate stuff sitting in the middle of the floor. It's right. like a, obnoxious. I can pack things against a wall like a champ, but <laughs> the middle of the floor. And so, like, on the way out there to the door where I would have to leave, I put it in the middle of the floor so I cannot avoid it. I'm like, man, i got to get this thing out of the floor. Yeah. The problem is, does it need to go to the farm? Does it need to go to the office? <laughs> Do I need to take it as a return to the UPS store? You know, But I need a system. I need three areas on the floor so I know where it's supposed to go. But All right, what else you got? Anything else? 
I constantly not take notes when I should. So that I'll be in the middle of a project and like one of the things, I'm looking at it right now, my outfeed table needs a shelf on the inside so I can easily pull out a couple of the jigs. Right now everything is just piled on it. And it's not on my to-do list. And there's other things like, oh, I gotta do this for the shop. And two or three times a week, I'll come out here in the evening, I'm like, what do I need to do? out here what what's a what's a fix that I, and i can't think of anything I, i'm all caught up and then the next time i go to work on a project I'm like oh yeah i need to fix that and i never do because i never write it down to remind myself but a lot of times that's it's just because i'm so into i'm in the, you're, you're in the zone you're working you got a flow and you don't want to interrupt that flow by taking 10 seconds to write a note do you have a do you have a whiteboard in your shop i i i don't actually there's a there, there's a piece of whiteboard sitting up against the wall right now to hang somewhere to to make notes. That but it's was been sitting against that wall for three <laughs> weeks though. <laughs> yeah, oh, that's not bad. Three weeks is that's reasonable. Yeah. yeah. Um, I mean that adding a white a big whiteboard to my office and like there's one back there. We used to have an entire wall covered in it, and then um, I have one that's actually two around a corner, two surfaces in the shop. That has been one of the most beneficial things because it's I'm gonna a scratch go move pad. It in my way right now. There you go. <laughs> Put it in front of the uh, bandsaw so that when you go to not use the dust collection, you remember that you need to hang the whiteboard. But like having that big giant scratch pad, notepad, all of that stuff, <laughs> you know, right there, like from anywhere I can see it. It's big. I can see it from anywhere in the shop. If I need to work out a measurement or keep track of a list of like cuts or whatever. Like right now, I have a painting recipe on it for these little things we're making for the video game. And as I would put on a color with the airbrush, I would go over and just write that in next in the list. So when I make a duplicate, I have the recipe up there. Mm-hmm. But if I tried to do that on a piece of paper, that piece of paper would be in the trash with all of the tape and all of the everything else from the workbench. Yeah. So having a big... It's almost like a sign that you can update in, in the shop for me has been huge. The... I, I think one of the mental issues that I have with the whiteboard is I don't want it to be seen on camera sure. because I don't want people to question or I'm terrible at spelling. I don't want people to see my misspellings <laughs> or to wonder what does he mean by that? Like, oh, so, we do that on purpose, man. We we draw yeah. all sorts of stuff all over it. Your misspellings could be a code. Easter eggs. Yeah. It said radioactive pickle for like six months, <laughs> and people were kept asking in the comments, like, what is radioactive pickle? And it was just, I don't know, somebody just wrote it being funny. But, uh, you so you can I take do? advantage of that. Or you, you find a place that's on in your shop that's never on camera because of yeah. some other reason, and you put it there or something. But, yeah. There was uh, this one thing that I do all the time, and, and I, I, can't get, I can't stop doing it. I'll take my compact flash card out of my Sony camera, Hold it in my hands or put it in my teeth and walk 500 feet up to the house. And by the time I get to the house, it's gone. <laughs> okay. Here's I have what we do. no idea whether it's I swallowed it or I coughed yeah, and spit out. it out. And I have no idea where what happened to my compact flashcard by the time I walk 500 feet up to the house. And I usually will have like stuck it in my front pocket or put it in my I'm like and when I do that I say don't forget to do this but I instantaneously forget that I did that and then my future self is panicking looking for it and then I always find it. I used to I used to do this I, and I think I told you guys the old I, every time I was in the shop and I pull the, the, my compact flashcard out I pop open my iPhone case drop it behind the iPhone and close it. So I would always know. Occasionally, I'd be like, where's my compact flesh? I can't find it. And I open my phone and it's still back there. But the new iPhone and the new case is so tight, none of the buttons work with a compact flash card behind it. So I can't do that anymore. Because I'll know the phone, the phone is, well, won't work. And I think, so I, think I do Bob this. has a solution. So this is what we do because we have to move cards around in here, but we have to get them back and forth to the office and stuff. So we have one of these little uh, uh, SD card holders, and it's a little wallet thing that can hold way more cards than we put in it. And it's got a little tiny carabiner on it. And so this is waterproof, dustproof, whatever. And this is always here. There's always one at the office that's a different color, so we know which one goes where. And the cards live in here. They come out of the camera, they go in here. And if they need to go to the office, then that means... 
we have to put them in the other case and take that case to the office. So we know that the black one always ends up at the house. The orange one always ends up at the office. And that's a little, a little safety transport thing. But also, if they go on my desk, they are gone forever. So mm-hmm. if they live in here, then this is easier to find, you know, than a car. Yeah, yeah. I and, first and these are like seven bucks. I mean, it's like those. totally and worth I, it. And I, I saw it. And I was like, I should get one. But then, because yeah. of my bad habits, I didn't buy one. Order one right now. It takes you two seconds to order one on Amazon. I'll send I'll you a link. Do, I'll do it in a minute. No, no, no. I'm going to do it right now. <laughs> <laughs> this is we're we're making progress, man. Like we uh. If we, because if we don't actually take action on the things, then we've made nothing but a send show it, about complaining my, about. Send it to the chat, and I'll I'll, I'll go right on my iPhone and do it. Okay, I'm not gonna. My, find I mean, my, you know what? What's a text chat? <clears throat> oh, same one. We'll do this one. I want it's got the carabiner one. on it and everything, and now you can look like you're copying me. <clears throat> I want the cool. orange one. I want it to be orange. Okay, I'll find the orange one. <laughs> Goodness gracious! All right, what else you got? Anything? The orange one. <sighs> <coughs> Hold on, I'm gonna SD call. card holder orange because Jimmy wants the orange one. It is actually pretty uh, easy to see orange? because it's orange, which is nice. Orange. <laughs> <laughs> All right, any other any other things? Uh, what else? Podcast topics. I'm always coming up with podcast uh, topics and never writing them down. And never writing them down. <laughs> Sometimes okay. I'll, I'll text them to you guys, and then we never forget. look at the text chain. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, I mean, okay, so how would we fix that? Here it is. Here's the orange one. <clears throat> mm. Let's do an Alite Evergreen chat that I never open. What in the oh, world what? is that? What did uh, you just uh, say? Airtable? What is that, the, the thing? Oh, Airtable. Oh, Alite Evergreen. That's like... <laughs> The lead character from the Hunger Games. <laughs> There's no like. pen feature in uh, in text, is there? <laughs> no, that would be cool though. Yeah. Bob, did hmm. you? Where did you send that? I sent it in the chat. Oh, this chat. Okay, I'm thinking yeah, of the chat, chat on the t- on the telephone. Yeah, seven seven seventy eight. You can have it tomorrow. Look at that. Oh wow, it's even on sale. And they have other colors, so you can get whatever color you want. Oh. That is an affiliate link, just so you know. So when you buy that, you're actually helping out. Mm-hmm. I like to make stuff. Full Thanks disclosure. Yeah. I like it. All right. I have one more. So one more thing that uh, we constantly do, and I don't know that there's a way around this. Um, we commit to timetables that are not realistic. Or we underestimate time. I underestimate time. I'm going to put that on myself, not on us. Um, it just it feels like... I think all of us as makers have this this like superpower of of course we can. Well, yeah, like I can make that thing that's unrealistic in this time. Sure, because that's what we do. But it every single time leads to last minute, you know, having to make shortcuts, having to do something in a way that you wouldn't do if you had the time or it not being the quality that you want it to be or just being rushed or whatever and there's always a trade-off in that commitment to yeah i can get it done and i mean you know in a lot of things i guess that doesn't really matter the trade-off is is not detrimental to anything but it is definitely a habit that i have of just being like well yeah i mean uh, we can get that done that's no big deal i think this goes back to uh at agency days where for a long time you know we would tell the client oh yeah we'll have it by this particular date and then you don't put the rush on until you get close to that date Mm -hmm. so then you learn you got to have milestones you got to have this part of the thing done by this particular date and to make sure everything stays on track so if you can somehow bring in milestones to, to fix that that's a good call yeah yeah, I think I just need to make sure that I'm, I'm, uh, I'm not under delivering and over committing. Yeah, I would rather under commit and over deliver. You know, but that is a hard thing to in the moment when you have an opportunity to be like, okay, you know, can I over deliver to what I'm agreeing to, or am I going to have to make a, a trade off? Am I going to have to just barely get there? You know, right. to what I'm committing to. 
that's milestones is a great way I, I think once you're in that situation to keep up with it but for me being able to actually think through that realistically not ideally at the beginning should tell me whether I should commit to it or not <laughs> or to push back on timelines I think it's easy for like us when we're talking to a sponsor or somebody and they want something by a certain time that's purely their want it doesn't mean that that's the only option and like I forget that we can push back and say no that's not realistic if I have another week then it becomes realistic or well, you know whatever mm-hmm. so I think we just often bow to the fact that somebody's going to give us money to do a thing and we're like yeah I'll do whatever I have to do to make that happen and you know that's probably not smart so purely speaking for myself but cool well any other got anything else like that so thoughts? I got distracted the plumbers are here so so I was on the texting with the plumber gotcha any other ideas on this any other things that stick out I guess the, today's lesson learned is try and confront things when they come up mm-hmm. yeah if you can unless it becomes one of those other things you don't do <laughs> you know you should <laughs> do better unless you don't whatever yeah. it doesn't really yeah. matter yeah all yeah. right Cool. Well, I'm going to thank our Patreon supporters. And if you guys think of something else, we can add it in the after show because everybody that supports us on Patreon gets the after show. Uh, big thanks to everybody that helps us out over there. It, it really does mean a lot. Tax season is going on right now, so I'm looking back at all the support that we got over the last year, and it's pretty incredible. So we're very grateful uh, to all of you. No matter what level, whether you get your name mentioned or not, uh, we just know that we are very grateful. Uh, we have a new new supporter, actually, in the show notes this month, Bill Burkle from WTB Woodworking. So welcome, Bill. Oh, thank you, Bill. Uh, I appreciate that. Uh, but we also have a top group of supporters that go above and beyond. It's the same crew that's been there for a long time, and they are super helpful. So I want to say a big thank you to Corey Ward, Albers Woodworks, Works by Solo, Chad from Mancrafting. You can make this too. Fun Kiss Artistic Creations. I haven't seen them in a while. I guess we haven't been at, at events. We used to see them at events all the time. So, hope you guys are doing well. Uh, Rich at Lowen Designs. Haven't seen Rich for a while either. Odin Leather Goods, Scott Orm, Warren Works, Michael Manegin, Gretchen Hofer, and The Web Ranch Woodworks. Um, it is really cool to run into these people. Like, every time I say Chad from Mancrafting and Works by Solo, I'm like, oh yeah, we saw them in Louisville not too long ago. Yeah. Uh, it's pretty cool, you know. It's neat to know these people. So uh, thank you to everybody. And if you want to join that group, if you want to get the after show, more of us talking about nonsense, you can go to patreon.com slash making it. And we'll put links to that in the show notes. The show notes are always in your podcast player. You can always go to the website, makingitpodcast.com, to get you know past show notes and all that stuff. So you can find them um, if you want to have links to that. But patreon.com slash making it is how you get to the Patreon. Uh, I think that's it. Do you guys have uh, something to recommend? I just sent you guys both the history guy. You know, the history guy. He's like a bow tie in his logo. He's been around the for a while. Great, okay. well, well-produced videos. He did a history, the nostalgic history of the station wagon, which was amazing. I guess while I was traveling this week, I just hit, I like him. He's, he's got a great voice and he's got a great delivery. And like I said, his videos are well produced. He does a thing on the, the station wagon and it all started with the Woody, like a Ford Woody to take people oh, yeah. to and from the train station. And that's where the term station wagon came from. And huh. And oh, that, wow. so watch this. Wow. It's a really good video. It's a really good in depth detail on how like Woodies and stuff like that so slowly became stickers on the side of a car, the wood grain pattern. But it brings up a more important point. I've been talking to Total Boat for a long time. It's been like three years talking to them about me restoring a Woody. And so this Ooh. video prompted me to look for a Woody again. Remember a couple of years ago, I was talking about a Chrysler town and country. Like you need an excuse <laughs> to buy another car. Yeah. And I, fa- I found one. Did you really? I don't own it yet. I'm going to go look at it this week. It's far drive from where I am. So, And then I'm also putting it out to the audience, the, the larger audience. I want a good Woody. I'm looking for specifically a Chrysler town and country. I could go buy a perfectly preserved one for $100,000. But I found a good project one. And if anybody finds the one that I'm, that I'm looking at, I know it's in New Hampshire. I'm going to go look at it this week. But if anybody finds a Woody or if anybody knows of a Chrysler town and country that's sitting in a family barn, 47, 48, and 9. 47, 8, and 9 are the desirable years. 49 would be my, my dream year. 
Chrysotown and Country. So that's a project I want to do. And in this video, I, I don't know if he talks about the Chrysotown and Country, but he talks about the woodies in general, the wood-sided wagons, and how surfers turned them into more of a popular iconic thing because they were like abandoned cars nobody cared about woodies at one point and surfers who could like live in their cars could would buy woodies cheap in the 1950s because they went out of favor in the 40s so in the 60s they bought them and that's wow. how surfers revived the whole iconic thing of the of the woody and then the surf songs and stuff so it's really it's a really good s slice of uh, american pop culture on the cars that's cool and it prompted the idea so like i said i'm this weekend i might go look at this one in new hampshire it's a Chrysler Country of 47, and it's on, it's on the Facebook market. But if anybody has a personal connection, I'm willing to buy a Chrysler Country 47, 8, 9 in various states. I don't want to pay 100000 I want something I could fix up. So hmm. I'm just putting it out there. You never know. You don't know unless cool. you ask. The whole barn find thing is crazy to me. Like It, it blows my mind that there are... I follow a couple accounts on Instagram that are constantly finding these beautiful cars that just yeah. like somebody drove it off the lot and they put it in a barn and then they <laughs> closed the barn. And, and it's funny. I, I say to Rob the other day how like how people could have barn finds. I have four trucks I don't have the time to work on. Stick it in a barn and then all of a sudden, you know, life takes over and the thing's been sitting yeah. there all this time. Yeah, true. And so it's still possible to find barn finds. Crazy. Crazy. All right. David, what you got? Uh, this week I got... Um, fight the power how hip-hop changed the world it's a four-part pbs show oh, i want to see that yeah the the first two parts are on their youtube channel now so i'm assuming the three and four will be out soon but they're all like an hour piece is that the one and produced by chuck d yeah 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 um and they're it's, it's phenomenal it's 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 more than just the history of hip-hop it's a it's a good history lesson yeah, it's still produced because it's PBS. Yeah. And Chuck sure. D is, I follow Chuck D's Instagram. It's good. Cool. Um, I got two. One is an interview with Peter McKinnon um, by a guy that we met somewhere. I think we oh, met yeah. him at VidCon. John? We met him at VidCon. We had, we had, uh, we had, remember we all went out to dinner together. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure. Um, John, and I don't know how to say his last name. I'm sorry, John. Um, Yeshu, Yeshu, I don't know, but he was a really nice guy, and he has a really good series of interviewing people. He used to work at YouTube, and I don't know if he still does or not. But anyway, he's interviews all these different people. But the one with Peter is pretty interesting. I'm about halfway through it, but he will like show clips of old videos on an iPad to the person he's interviewing, and then ask him questions about it. So it's it's well researched and it's not just like you know what was your first video kind of thing it's they're good interviews um so go check that out the other thing is just a funny thing that was on snl the other night they um pedro pascal was the host yeah he's good he was funny and so he's doing the last of his show which is all dystopian you know future zombie whatever and so they did a they did a skit that was if hbo made a mario kart show like The Last of Us, like video games. And so it's this dark thing where he plays Mario in this dystopian future, but he has to like get the the princess to the kingdom with you know, it's it's really funny and really well done. Like they went above and beyond for an SNL sketch. All this like CG and costumes and go karts and it's very funny. So Did anybody see the Nick Offerman? Did you guys see the Nick Offerman episode three? I haven't watched any of that show yet. Uh, I, so I, I'm confused. Does does each person get a sh uh, an episode in the show uh, of the the Last of Us? Yeah, I I, I only watch it because this Nick performance was getting so much, get so many so many accolades. So I watched it. And plus, I was out in L.A. last week. I wanted to see it before I got a chance to. Me and Nick hung out for a minute, but the the. Uh, the episode, the whole storyline, that story of Nick and his partner in that whole sequence is a standalone story. So you could just go okay. to episode three and watch that alone. Okay. The, the character, the, uh, Pedro Pascal's character comes in and out of that story. But that whole story stands alone on its own. It's great. I mean, if you understand, it's the future. and it, They set up that story. You could just watch that one piece alone as like a short movie and be okay mm. with it. You don't have to watch the whole series. Just to put it out there. Yeah, because I I, I uh, it keeps coming up in my in my feed uh, an interview with Nick Offerman where in the title is 
he talks about his episode of The Last of Us, which mm-hmm. that title confuses me. So I'm wondering oh, if each episode right. is its own story. Yeah, no, it's just his. As far as I know, I only I watched the first episode thinking Nick was in it, and I was watching with my friend, and she's like, "When is Nick going to be in this story? This this show is not my cup of tea." I'm like, "It's not mine either. I'm just waiting for Nick." And then it wasn't until the next day I noticed he was only in episode three. So then mm. we watched oh, episode yeah. three, but uh, it was it's very good. It's really 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 good. I'll just put it that there's a lot there's a lot of twists and turns that I don't want to be a spoiler, but you got to watch it. Yeah, awesome. Yeah, cool. Well, you guys got anything else for this week? All good. Oh. Okay. Oh. I have a question for you in the after show. Ooh, okay. All right. Well, thank you for listening, everybody. Hope you came up with some stuff that you always do that you shouldn't do. I did buy the card way to chip hold. I did buy it. We've nice. made progress in orange. Uh, Yeah, thanks for listening, everybody, and we'll catch you next time. Love you. Bye, guys. Bye.